This is season five, episode seven of Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we have a conversation with Shaman Dao. During this conversation, we discuss aspects of spirituality that tend to be avoided in spiritual communities or even dismissed as paranormal or made up. What I'm referring to are the negative aspects. If love and light are positive, then these aspects would be their opposite, widely referred to as the shadow side. Shaman Dao shares her perspective on these and many other topics, as well as how she helps people with a specialized modality called SRT, or Spirit Releasement Therapy. And if you're like me and you're wondering how she came to be called Shaman Dao, she also explains that in our conversation as well. Just so you know, before we go to that conversation with her, I should let you know that Tiana and I were meditating with her before the conversation started, and Shaman Dao began to have a vision. So the conversation starts out with her describing that vision. I went out of body, and then I felt this crazy pull, like, you know, imagine just going through a portal and it's just absolutely they're stretching you through it. The vision I saw and what I heard was I saw a bunch of hands grabbing and saying, help, help me, help me. And what I heard uh, as I was boarding a ship was, we have to leave Earth. We have to leave Earth. It was just desolate. The The vision was just a bunch of hands, just a bunch of people. And they were just like, help me, help me. I'm keeping my eyes closed because like they're super duper heavy. That was the vision that I was, I saw, but actually I was in that scene uh, due to being out of body. And so, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite a dramatic way to begin. <laughs> what, what is your interpretation of that? Is that something that you see in the future? Is that something that you see in a parallel universe or what? I've known the evolution of Earth's, I guess, like what you call future sometime back. And um, when I first started this journey, so for everyone just listening, I I used to be a, a very successful mortgage banker. And um, 2015, I ended up waking up from a dream that ended up saving someone's life. And because I followed through on the dream, I ended up saving my dad's life because he was going to bleed out to, in six months to a year. And he had probably, he had the six largest, he, he was like one of the top three, like biggest cases of um, varices uh, for the gastrinologist in Orange County, which varices are blood bubbles in your esophagus. So if my dad's liver was not functioning correctly and the blood was backing up into his esophagus for over 30 years and not, he looked fine. So in 2015, I ended up, I en- that was my catalyst to let go of everything third dimensional. And from that process, I started having visions of our future. I prepped for 2020 and I just knew that it was going to happen the way it was going to happen. And my job at that moment was to prepare myself and my family and the people and my clients around me for what was going to happen. So when 2020 hit, a lot of my tribe and my my clients were thriving. The future, what it holds is to get to the rainbow, we got to go through the storm. 
we we just started the storm at the end of 2019, which it just started trickling. It's sprinkling. You know, we haven't got to the rain or the storm yet. So there's going to be a lot, a lot more chaos, a lot more confusion, a lot more deaths. There's going to be a lot of that. And unfortunately, people are like, focus on focus on the rainbow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for the rainbow, but I'm also a realist. And I'm, if, if, you know, in Texas right now, people are preparing for the freeze because we already just went through a freeze. And so you're smart to prepare just in case something else was to happen. It's the same thing. There's not, it's not fear mongering. It's basic. Well, I mean, people can perceive it as fear, but they can also, you could also prepare yourself and your family. This is something that I, yes, I have seen me and I, in like my, my inner circle, we, we do also have these same visions of Mad Max type of environments and just a lot of really, really trying times ahead of us before new earth emerges. So, yeah. What would be the types of preparations that people could do for that kind of scenario? I could only speak for myself and my experience. It's really, it's really tapping and tuning into your own truth and like sharpening your intuition. Because the moment that you sharpen, you basically have to clear yourself of every single lower vibrational, like energies, entities, emotions. So you could actually use yourself as a compass to safety. Or, and, and then also rid yourself of fear so you could stand in absolute faith and trust because it's going to, it's happening, right? Everything's happening. Like there's, there's things happening all the time, but the moment you stand in truth and faith of, you know, just undeniable, like just belief, then what happens is you create this amazing barrier of protection around you. And then, so that's, you know, one way. And the other way is to really like hone your intuition and really dial that down. Because when you're in a state, you're around chaos and and just people. If you have that intuitive gift within you, but a sharpened intuitive gift within you, not egged on by like ego or like uncertainty, but you are so sure of your absolute honing inside and if people are going right, but your intuitions like go left, you go left to safety. So I've been doing this for six years around the world. <laughs> I just, I, I used myself as a experiment to see, to like, I dropped myself off in countries where I didn't know the language or people. And I basically used my intuition and my spirit teams. And I was like, let's do this. And I always led to safe people and places. Yeah, I can definitely, I've had that experience, you know, pre-pandemic, I was traveling quite a lot internationally. And I've had that experience a number of times where it was only my intuition that was guiding me and would always take me where I needed to be. And um, I'm curious, so in your vision, you said something like, something like about ships coming down. And Mm -hmm. so, and, and, you know, there's different thoughts on that. And, you know, what is your thought that there are, other cosmic beings that will be coming during, you know, this time of upheaval to support moving us off planet? Or what is your thoughts on that? I know that there are other beings from other uh, star systems that exist here on our earth plane and under the surface. And in 2018, there was a call 
that was made out from Mother Earth herself. And the call was sent out in desperation to other star systems. And then ships started coming towards Earth. I felt and I knew that this was happening. The pyramids, the pyramids heated up. And I just knew this as a clear cognizant. This is my strongest ability. I just knew this. So in two, I was 2018. I have a student. She's my, she's my first um, mentee. And I started training her in 2016. I trained her to a point of full ascension. And when I mean that, I mean like absolute letting go of everything 3D, family, money, like, you know, belief systems, all of that. And I, I wanted to see how far I could take, like I could take her. So we would do channeling sessions. I used, I, she was, she was, she was my, I would put in her hypnosis and she would channel higher vibrational like entities, galactic councils, things like the our, our galactic council. And in 2019, in our usual, just tapping in, there were interferences uh, within the channeling. And I would feel these interferences and then they would come through and I would ask them to speak through her to me. They confirmed the signal that was sent out their ships, millions of ships, millions and millions of ships from all over the galaxy, not only our galaxy, because there's there's billions of stars, there's billions of planets that we are not even aware of. And they would come. And so the the one that came through in that interference was they were scavengers. They were very low vibrational, but they were there because they were waiting for humans to, you know, before humans destroyed the earth, they were here to scavenge the minerals. And because earth has, has things that other planets don't. And so that was, you know, 2018, 2019. I also wrote an article to talk about the timeline of how the news channels started to disclose about unclassified to declassified documents from the Navy and sightings and things like that, because they were preparing us for what was to come. The UFO sightings, they've picked up massively in the last like year and a half or so. But I, I also wrote an article, I believe in 2019, stating they're spoon feeding us. I call them subconscious spoonfuls. So they could just give it to us one spoonful at a time. So it just hits into our subconscious mind. And the moment that you know stuff does hit the fan, we wouldn't be as surprised. There's in the last two years, if you look back on the news and the articles and things like that, they've been just slowly spoon feeding <laughs> the uh the oh you know the navy the this guy in the navy he had the sighting the videos are coming out and it's just it's just a bunch of very well prepared synchronicities so there's so much to unpack here <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're going for it yeah, we're going for, I do. <laughs> um, yeah this this conversation is probably going to make some of our listeners uncomfortable but i think you know we're in a time where we have to talk about these things and there's different perspectives on it and what are your thoughts on because you mentioned that you use the word timeline and some people talk about that oh well, that's one timeline but we can jump timelines where you know new earth is 
you know, it's a more joyful, easy shift into new earth versus this kind of dystopian. What are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, are you perceiving one of the timelines, but perhaps there could be other ones that we could, you know, move into through our conscious creation? Absolutely. So there's there's infinite timelines, there's parallel timelines, there's parallelized parallel timelines. Timelines are shifting and accelerating at a very fast rate. But I will say this, a lot of times what I've witnessed and I've experienced are people who there's a, there's a trend right now and it's on TikTok and it's called quantum quantum jumping or quantum healing. And then so they go before they go into their shower, they state whatever state they want and then they go into the shower and then when they leave the shower, they've quantum healed themselves. I'm trying to still wrap my head around that because when you are quantum jumping and quantum healing, you basically go, you know, let's just say, for example, like you, before you go into the shower, you state that you're a millionaire, right? Like you, you live in that existence in that plane, you go into the shower, but when you step out of the shower, are you a millionaire? Has it manifested physically in your field yet? Quantum is absolute shift and change in that moment and second. And so when we talk about jumping timelines, like we could absolutely, I, I journey, I do interdimensional journey. I could go to one plane in existence to another plane in existence at the same time. So I can leave my body as I'm speaking with you and then be next to my best friend in California. So because, um, and that's astral projection, but conscious astral projection and journeying through this timeline and frame. So, you know, I appreciate everyone's open-mindedness, like timelines and, and jumping and quantum healing and all that stuff. But I do feel that there needs to be more I guess, understanding and education and using these particular words and terms and, and not just so freely. They, there are just absolute amazing shifts right now in timelines really are accelerating. That's what they're doing. Like they're, you can see it. People are, are becoming, they actually are becoming millionaires overnight with a $10,000 investment. For example, crypto, like it, you know, it would take a long time in social media, if you just do a consistent six months posting on TikTok, your life and your business changes within a year. Like if you have great content and you do three months to six months consistent posting, your entire life shifts within a year. Before it took two to three to five years for the success of what people are, are achieving right now. So, um, and then it goes on the opposite side too. If, if, you know, if a lot of people are achieving success in that way and manner, but it goes on the opposite side too, because it's duality. It does seem to me that I'm having the same perception of reality as you are where Things are happening and manifesting very quickly. And I think it's just a result of the available energy here that we're able to use in order to create our realities. Since there's more energy now, people are able to do that faster. But I think part of the chaos comes from us not being unified or coherent inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we have these conflicts where one part of you is, is suffering because you have some unhealed trauma uh, and everybody has it, right? It, it just mm -hmm. in different ways. And you have another part of you who's very positive and optimistic. Well, those two things are almost antithetical, right? They're, they conflict and they 
probably express into the world some sort of chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of what we're seeing is coming from. We're, we're seeing it reflected, our own selves reflected in the outer world. So, you know, there are a lot of changes happening and many of them are good, right? But, you know, I think we're set up to kind of almost remember the negative stuff easier than we do mm-hmm. the positive. So, yeah, it's, in, it's an interesting thing that's happening because like you, I have noticed that, you know, people are becoming very wealthy, you know, very quickly now. And it seems much easier to be successful if you really want to be, right? Like like you were saying, like social media, all these things that we have now are available for us to use and they never were now, but now they are just magically here and we can use them to our benefit. That is a real thing that's happening. Like you can't deny that. I also had a question about something you said at the very beginning was there were like all of these destruction and this kind of chaos you you mentioned that's that's going to be happening like it's going to get worse like more people are going to die and more and more you know things are going to happen but i'm wondering is that do you think that's a literal thing like you had these visions i guess do you think that's a literal thing or do you think that's like a metaphorical thing where we are going to have a better world but you know we kind of have to have some things that we clean up you know it's not like a literal thing, like the earth is going to burn down. You know what I mean? Is, is it metaphorical or is it really like going to be like crazy and, and bad things are going to happen everywhere? Like, I want to know, like, what do you think about that? Great question. I can state my experiences and my visions and how they, how and what happened after I saw the vision. So fires, in um, in California in 2017 or 2018, I witnessed on it, there was a Malibu fire, and it it affected the um, this zoo. There was a Mal there was a fire at the Malibu Zoo, and it was it was during that time. And I and I sat there and I was I was watching it, and that fire felt different to me. It felt off. I saw fires around the world in my visions and my meditations and my knowings. Then Australia's fires started happening. And there was, there was a different feel with the fires that were happening after that time. And when the, when it hit the Amazon, I was looking at it. And of course, you know, like I don't want the visions that I see to be true, but they, they were. And I started tracking the earthquakes and um, how seven point something to eight has become very normal in the last year and a half or so. They're not in the news as much, which is really interesting, but I've been tracking the earthquakes also. The shifts and the destruction and all that, to answer your question, um, they could be either or, but what I have found is that they have, have been literal. So in December of 2019, I, um, I posted on my private Facebook a forewarning for my friends in California. And I said, okay, it's time that you guys stack up on water. You guys stack up on perishables. You guys stack up on all that stuff. Like there's something in a six, like, you know, I feel like in a six month time frame that's going to happen. I wrote this in November or December of 2019. Growing up in Southern California, I mean, we were always forewarned about like earthquakes and things like that 
And so it felt like an earthquake that was going to happen within a six month period. And then lo and behold, in March, it was April that all chaos broke out from from the the vid and things like that. In that six month mark was when people were going to Costco and they couldn't find, you know, toilet paper and things like that. Was it an earthquake? Yes, in essence, it kind of was. It was an earthquake of the ground shaking beneath everyone within a six month period. Um, and so I I posted a lot of this stuff on my private Facebook because for this for the five years I was I was I was just very cautious about how I stated things and what I said. I never wanted to be in the public to state what I'm stating now or like talking about now. I, I would only talk about it with my inner circle and my private <laughs> private Facebook. There was like a thousand friends. So um people would read my post and and they would say, Wow, she's, you know, is she okay? What's happening with her? Because before I was talking about you know, unicorns and rainbows and mortgage banking. And then I started pouring out my feelings and my visions and what was happening with me. 2015, people from my high school, they were just like, what is happening with her? You know, like, and they would contact, they contacted my ex-boyfriend to see if I was okay now. And they, you know, I, I used to talk about like a lot of darkness coming and all that stuff and why I was preparing and prepping. And, you know, six years later, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. You're so in tune with everything. <laughs> so yes, it could be either or. I will also say this before I was very, very sure of my knowings. I was absolutely certain of them. Like it was, I would bet money on them because of my 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 track record, but it was only about like a year, like a less than a year and a half ago, and because of the timeline shifting, everything shifts with it, and so even what we feel right now and we know it could shift within that second, and it re- it it just happened in my in my course that I'm teaching with my students. One of my students, my second student, I was I was teaching like I brought her on as my second student. We've been working together for like years. And so she was in the class um, for the first time. It was a couple of days ago. She's also very, very strong, clear cognizant. And clear cognizant is clear knowing. And there's not many, there's a lot of clairvoyance, clear audience, clear gustant, um, and clear sentience, but there's not many clear cognizance, true clear cognizance, people who have clear knowing. We just know things without physical proof. She was absolutely certain that she was going to go last in the exercise. I was I was doing a telepathy exercise within um, our Saturday school. But what happened was the plan was for her to go last in the class schedule, like everything, my intuition was like, okay, she's, and she knew she was going to go last. But what happened was the second to last student, I, the moment we got to her so we could do the telepathy exercise, I could feel this absolute, there was this hardening and tightening within her. So for telepathy, if you are not relaxed and in receiving mode, you won't be able to receive the telepathic messages. And so here we are sitting in this class and I'm instructing the group how to send this exercise to her, but she's so wound up inside that she can't receive it. So I tapped into that. I knew that. And then, so I addressed it and I said, you know what? 
I want you to go speak with your spirit teams. I want you to go speak with your spirit teams. And I want you to just, you know, to ask them to help you release and then to open up whatever it is that needs to be released. And then, so she goes off and I go and I sit there and then now she's not last. She's now second to last. And because of that shift in that switch, we both felt that she was going to go last. And within an instant, the entire dynamic of the class changed. And that's how fast timelines are shifting. So it's a very interesting time right now, the world we're living in. Very interesting. Yeah, I think there's, you know, so much polarization, even in the spiritual communities. And I think the things that we're talking about today is something I've really noticed a lot coming up in different spiritual groups, kind of um, this idea of like, is there a battle between darkness and light going on right now? And some people believing like, oh, evil doesn't really exist. And if I just, you know, stay in a high vibration, nothing bad will happen. What would you say to somebody who has that perspective? You know, we just we just went full force, right? Right when we started this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well, were going to ease into it, but there's, there's that didn't no happen. Easing. That's yeah. not wasn't, wasn't what was meant to happen. Yeah, so there's there's no easing. There's no easing in with me. So I I want to, for example, talk about there's ignorant people stepping on into the hidden world without understanding the consequences of such because it's hidden and when we talk about hidden worlds in different dimensions it's not just a mirror of the 3d and even in the 3d world we have spiritual psychopaths we have narcissists without souls walking this earth plane we have the existence of hell on this earth plane And to go into a, you know, it's all good. I don't, it's, it's not all good. There are people working in the fields to stop pedophiles. I commend them for that. I commend people who go out there and they're, they're doing the work. And a lot of people, they're not willing to do the work. They don't, they don't want to face that side because it's very difficult to accept that this is the world we live in. And so to them, yeah, you know, it's all good. There's no evil. It's only light. Focus on the light. And if we go back to focus on the new earth, they're bypassing the fact that in order to get to the new earth, we have to to become the new earth. We have to dig and build and it has, it's crumbling. So we have, it has to crumble and then we have to rebuild there's a lot of work to be put into that. And many people who are opening themselves up in that way, they're going to understand the consequences because it's just like Tim was stating, it's, you know, everything was, it's going fast. Everything is going fast, even karma. And so the causes people are putting out in the world, the effects are coming back even faster, good and bad. So I bless every single person if they are not in a space of receiving or opening themselves up to receive any type of even constructive criticism. Because we, after I stated about discerning between channeling and you better, 
because there's differences between channeling, there's psychic mediumship. And then between psychic mediumship, I'm a psychic medium. But even between that, we could communicate with the other side. Absolutely. That's a channel. But when you decide to open yourself up to allow a spirit in your body, so you could, so they could hug their family member, that's a totally different ballpark. But I also am very, very uh, protective of my boundaries. When I started my path, I, I took on every client, a year and a half of taking on every client, and I specialize in spirit releasement therapy. And when I say it's not up, it wasn't up to me to take on every client, I didn't really know. Like I didn't, I didn't know. And I just, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I can take care of that. And I'll release, I'll release that karmic debt. I'll release those, uh, those entities and demonic beings. Yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't up to me, you know, I can't play God because they, it, that karmic debt is being repaid or there is someone, these entities, energies, these spirits coming to collect in this life is because that person did them wrong five lifetimes ago. And so if I come in and I'm sitting here and I'm like, nope, I'm going to, I'll take care of it for you. That's not up to me. And so a year and a half of completely doing that. And what happened was it all boomerang. I took on that debt. I took on that karmic debt. Ooh. And I and I sat there and and I I felt like I was going crazy because when you take on really really heavy and large amounts of karmic debt from a person and you're like you wipe their slate clean and then and then you compound yours yourself, it it's it's a it's a crazy learning lesson. So yeah, I want to back up just from what you said, like uh, two things. First, just for our listeners that don't know what spirit releasement therapy is, yeah. if you could explain that. And then second, yeah, that was one of the questions that I had is like, you know, doing work where you're going into the darkness so often, how do you not, how does that not start to kind of like uh, drag you down in your everyday life? Good question. And so uh, spirit releasement therapy, um, first Spirit releasement therapy is a modality within hypnosis, and I'm a certified hypnotherapist just like you. I have been certified in, in spirit, I'm sorry, uh, hypnotherapy since 2015 with um, the Calbanian group. Basically, what ends up happening is when a client is in somnambulism and we are doing regression. Uh, it could be spontaneous past life regression. It could be, you know, you going back to the first time that I've ever felt fear, anger, sadness, guilt. But I started to discover spirits and entities and demonic beings in my clients. And they would speak through my clients to me. I did my due diligence in regards to like, is this a past life, you know, like in, in parallel life and all that stuff. And spirit releasement therapy is basically finding these energies, entities, discarnate beings, and releasing them from the auric field of my clients, which allows them to just use their own energy versus having a spiritual parasite feeding upon them. Many of my clients would come in and they would have one or two, some would have hundreds, some would have thousands. They have they would they would have demonic leaders that have legions of uh, followers. And so spirit releasement therapy is not very well known because 
I do believe that you are chosen to be a spirit releasement therapist, which is compassionate depossession. And you are the person to give the environment a safe environment, not only for the client, but for the spirits and demonic beings to show themselves. I started specializing in in it right away. You know, some people, some hypnotists, they specialize in like no smoking and stuff like that. (laughs) Like mine was like, instant spirit releasement therapy. I, I <laughs> was like instant. And I was like, okay. And the demonic beings started showing themselves. And so as a clairvoyant also, I would see, I would see movement under the skin of my clients. I would be able to see like dark smoke rising from their bodies. I would see like the spirits just um, walking in front of them, behind them that would happen. That was my normal. So that's why I never, <laughs> my life has always been just absolute like, yes, it's just, this is what it is. So yeah, that's spirit releasement therapy. A lot of people are becoming more interested in learning this. There's not many people who specialize this or teach spirit releasement therapy. I actually got in my hypnotherapy training, which was um, called HCH, which is in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I actually did get trained in spirit releasement. It was a a separate training. But yeah, I never felt called to it. I did the Mm -hmm. training, but I never felt called to it. I was more like, oh, I want to do life between lies regression. And I do a lot of past life regressions. And that's my calling. And I'm also, you know, not that interested in stop smoking and lose weight. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we all get called. But but yeah, anyway, if anybody is interested in that, they, they do that at HCH California training. But yeah, I think it takes a certain kind of person. Like, again, I'm still want to hear how because I think for me, I would feel like it would kind of like be hard for me to kind of pull out of, you know, of dealing with the darkness all the time. I I think I'm not, you know, built for it. And so, yeah, how do you not get affected by that? For myself, after I learned not to accept everyone, and, and I would always, I always would speak to my spirit teams beforehand. And then after I would have a consult call with any type of clients, And um, now I do feel so much more confident in taking on someone as a client to do like spirit releasement therapy or like, or any type of like healing work because um, I am in alignment with every, like all my energies and vibrations to understand the consequence of taking someone on for any other intention versus helping releasing whatever is attached to them. So that's step one. Step one is basically, you know, just asking and aligning, am I supposed to be their healer? And number two is a big part of how I exist today in a very lighthearted way is because I did so much work on myself in the releasement of all attachments and energies, lower vibrational emotions, going through just tons of different modalities and healing work for 15 years, going through my shadow work, accepting all parts of self that I say no a lot. That's basically it. I say, I say no a lot more than I say yes. I keep myself spiritually very clean in regards to clean brushing and things like that. So clean like soul brushing and I constantly am like meditating. I make sure that what I feed my mind, body, and soul is only for my highest good. 
And then I surround myself in my environment with really nourishing people. And, and the nourishment of my surrounding and environment is so profound that, um, you know, everyone that is around me is in the same heart space as myself. And that's a big part of my healing journey and my tribe and, and how, how I operate and exist today. I'm really glad that you are addressing and acknowledging and even working with people on those aspects of spirituality because, yeah, I think like you know you you both were saying a lot of people who do choose this line of work or this path in their life are in denial about the other side of it, and uh, that there are two sides here on Earth. It's obvious there there clearly is a negative side and a positive side. So you know, I'm glad that you're you're working with people and helping them to understand that. You even said this that there are beings walking around this planet without souls it seems to me that that probably is true and i've i've done enough of my own research to to know that uh that probably is the case yes it can be scary right but um, there are things we can do to protect ourselves and i think that you know just understanding and knowing those things is probably helpful for everyone it has been for me you know because like you said like I have gone through phases where, you know, I didn't want to believe that was true. And so, you know, I think when you do that, you kind of open yourself up to uh, maybe something not so great happening to you. And it's funny because um, I'll have to tell this story in our other podcast, but I want to tell it real quick here, too, because I think it applies, is that uh, I went to a session and I during the session, I had some, you know, information come to me. And I had a question about these thoughts that I had been getting. And I had always, and these thoughts just seemed to come out of nowhere. And they were not good thoughts, right? They were like, they were out of left field. It was like, you know, oh, someone's going to die. And I'm like thinking like, where did that come from? You know, it was very fearful thoughts. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I asked, you know, when I was having this session, you know, what, where is that coming from? Why am I doing that? And they said, that's actually not you that there was a being that was sending you those thoughts. And then I asked more about that, and I said, well, where is it and why is it doing that? And they said that it had attached to me when I was a child, when I was vulnerable. And I said, well, has it been there this whole time? And they said, yeah, but it got really weak. And so all it's doing now is just kind of hanging on. And and I said, well, you know, and I, I could see it and it looked like a, like a little shriveled up old man. And he looked like he was just hanging on my back, literally. <laughs> and it was the weirdest thing, you know, and I, maybe I made this all up, but, but I, I don't think I did. And I said, well, and so I asked the creator, I, I literally asked, I said, can we just release this guy for, forever? And they said, sure. And uh, I said, well, what's going to happen to him? <laughs> you know, cause I thought like, well, it's gotta go somewhere. And they said, okay, well, it, it chooses where it goes. And so I, I wanted to see where it went. And it went to another planet. And it started its own life. And it said that he was it was going to be its own being now. Like it chose to do that instead because it had been released finally. And uh, I just thought that whole thing was <laughs> kind of strange. 
but yeah, no, I do, I do believe that these things are happening. I do believe that it's possible, and and it does affect people, you know, in, in real tangible ways. But the other thing that I've been really curious about is Tiana told me about you, and then we I met you one other time at, at a meetup that we had, and I've been wondering ever since then where. Because you said you were like a you were like a more a successful mortgage banker, and then you kind of transformed, and you now you do this. And so my question is, where did you get the name Shaman Dow? I was born with the last name Dow. What's really interesting is Dow right now is picking up in the crypto world. Um, I don't know if you decentralized autonomous organizations. So people ask me, they're like, is that your name? And I'm like, yeah, my name is Dow. <laughs> so, and then um, Taoism, Taoism um, started gaining a little bit more traction about like three years ago, which is really interesting. Also, it's just a way of life. It's, it's, it's how you walk your path and it's in the state of flow. I transitioned over uh, from Carol. So I've been, my, my name on my driver's license and everything is Carol Dow. And on August 20th of this year, um, I graduated from student to teacher to Shaman Dow. The reason it was August 20th was that was the 22,000 word personal dissertation paper I wrote on the study of spirit and soul fragmentation through spirit releasement therapy for Robert Bigelow's consciousness contest. I spent the last six years studying. That's what I've been doing. I've, I've been absolutely just taking every single step in client and country as a study research, personal research work. So when I submitted it on August 20th, I hesitated. I've always hesitated calling myself a shaman. I I always hesitated labeling myself. I just, some people are so apt to be like, I'm this, I'm that. And I was like, I just tell myself I heal people. I've gone around the world. I've healed people from fear. I've helped women make the space to become pregnant after years of trying. Like I've, I've, you know, healed people from like, I place hands on people and I could heal their cuts. I've, you know, taken birds, broken foot and flipped them around and I healed them on the spot with 20 minutes of my hands place. I, I just, I just said, I heal people. Before I submitted the essay, I sat down with my spirit teams and I sat down with my higher self and I had this conversation and I had this meditation. And so they were like, you have to address yourself like this. You are a shaman. You've been a shaman. This is what you do, you know? And I was sitting there and I'm just like, I didn't really want to. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness. I and I I guess like, you know, I really didn't want to introduce myself to the world. I was so happy being hidden in the shadows. And um, and so August 20th was the day that I now introduced myself as Shaman Dao. And um, and so as I ventured out um and I introduced myself now and and I understand and I meet other shamans because I introduced myself as Shaman Dao or Dao. And um, what's really interesting is I only know one other shaman and he has medicine in his stomach. And when he goes on a phone call, the demonic being or entity jumps out of that client and they jump into his body and he, they, it churns the demon in his stomach and he throws up black bile. 
<laughs> so that's my <laughs> colleague, you know, like that's the other shaman I know. Like for my superpower is I walk through walls. I could literally walk through like dimensional walls and go into where you're sitting at this point, like as a shaman, right? And I've met other shamans and I'm like, what's your what's your medicine? You know, like what's your what's your medicine? It's just really interesting to like kind of introduce myself to the world and 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 um and state this name now and I'm I'm still I'm it's still I I state it <laughs> but it's um it's integrating you know it's integrating August twentieth I went from student to teacher and now I teach and I'm teaching my first course and these women are uh, I always knew I was going to teach similar to. X-Men uh, status with uh, telepathic powers or telekinesis powers. And I, and I always felt, and I knew that I was going to teach a school very similar to that. And I've, I've been called many different things along the Marvel series in regards to like X-Men and, and Xavier. And I recently I was called Wonder Woman's mother as I'm teaching these women <laughs> how to really tap into their esoteric powers and astral powers. I don't know if there's and there's many people teaching how to interdimensionally journey. Since I'm I'm now coming out publicly, this is this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. I have to say that there's another way I've heard you refer to yourself as a modern day exorcist. I feel like that has a lot of shock value. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm, and I'm curious if there, do you feel like there, you know, since there's modern day exorcists, like it, how does, does that vary a lot from old school exorcists or what is, what are your thoughts on modern day exorcists versus maybe, you know, the way that people perceive it in their minds? I wrote an article in 2019 and, and I, the title was how I became a modern day exorcist and it would have been better. I mean, it wouldn't, I don't know if it would have been better. It was like how I became a modern day spirit releasement therapist, you know? <laughs> so it just yeah. had more and more of a kind of like ringtone to it. Um, exorcists, what usually through the church, what their, res- their goal is, is to get the demonic being or entity out of the body of the person. That's their goal. And then with SRT, with spirit releasement therapy, we compassionately guide the entity and attachment out into the light. And then we hug it and we love it and we, you know, give it compassion. I've stated the modern day exorcist because people do come to me to exercise them, quote unquote, from like entity attachments and demonic attachments. I just do it in a very different way, but I don't only use a modality as spirit releasement therapy. For example, like I could have a client and I, and I, I've been doing my sessions via zoom for six years. So I, I've rarely ever do anything in person and a lot of it's, it's as effective, it's really effective because I can jump through the screen. Basically it, it really depends on like how crazy the, attachment is and i could i could you know there's there's one there's one um client that comes to mind and she was she was in her apartment and we were doing a session before the session what happened was right before our session she was in her living room and the drawers started going and then like you know this this entity was like really messing with her and and like pulling out the drawers and slamming them and stuff and she got scared. She got really afraid of that. Me being me, I wasn't I wasn't happy that this spirit and this entity was like messing with my client. So I had to dimensionally journey over into her her like area 
And then, you know, I had to, I had to meet that entity in the astral plane in that location from there. Like, you know, I did what I had to do to, to basically, you know, kind of calm down the situation in order to have the session and then to do final releasement. So there's, you know, it's not just really cut and dry for the sake of, I guess, humans, I just say exorcist. (laughs) It's the same. It's the same things. Like I was, I, when I talked to my, I I told my spirit teams and I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to like present myself as. And they're like, you are a shaman. And I was like, okay. And they're like, humans need labels. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) So uh, humans do need labels. I don't, do you guys agree? (laughs) <laughs> it helps them to kind of like figure out, you know, they're trying to understand you and to kind of have a sort of category helps them, you know, get mm-hmm. some kind of clarity. Yeah. But I also also want to add to that I am the medicine woman for the Clinket and Navajo tribes. So I've been led to Clinket and Navajo tribes people to help them do releasement. There's a quiet murmuring and stirring of our Native Americans and their power But due to three generations of um, suppression and oppression, their own medicine women and men in their uh, communities have lost the magic. My purpose also on this earth plane is to in spark and in spirit the healing magic within the native select native tribes. And so I am their shaman, like I am their medicine woman. And, and the name the the term shaman in itself is medicine woman and man in the hidden worlds. Shamans are like PhDs in the hidden worlds. If like, and then PhDs in our worlds and medical doctor, like there's medical doctors and PhDs. I had to own that too, because how am I supposed to be, you know, here I am born Vietnamese, hundred percent Vietnamese, and I'm always led to a native to natives and I'm always there to help assist with their healing and releasement because when you're in that state, you need outside help. You, you absolutely need outside help. And my spirit is Raven from the Clinket and Haida tribe. So, yeah, I just want to say how important I think this conversation is. And I've actually how I'm sort of surprised myself that we haven't really talked that much about the darkness on our podcast, you know, now we're in season five, I mean, um, but I really think that it is a part of this ascension process is if people are wanting to move into the oneness, you know, the same way that we're kind of going through this collective energetic detox, dark night of the soul, um, everything has to be swept out from underneath the rug so that we can face it, clean it up, clear it. If we were wanting to move into the oneness, then we can't, like you said, we can't spiritually bypass. There's light and dark. And so we're needing to face the dark and we're needing to learn how to understand that and find a way to finally move into our oneness. And so um, thank you for being the first one to kind of really bring this conversation into uh, our podcast. And I think we'll probably be having more of these kinds of conversations moving forward. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, have a website, shamandao.com, S-H-A-M-A-N-D-A-O.com. And then also you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at shamandao. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Shaman Dow for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. 
If you'd like to learn more about Shaman Dao, you can go to her website, shamandao.com. And you can also find her on TikTok and Instagram, at shamandao. Before we go, I'd like to say thank you very much to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. I'd also like to thank Casey Henson for providing the music we use on this podcast. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us. This will help other people find us. Take care.